You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. So, do you want to get started on the next one? Yeah. Whenever you are ready. Okay. This is 70-something podcast. Evil Knievel sold separately or with the Evil Knievel stunt cycle from Ideal. Use the false loop. Let go. HR Pop and Step. Push your bed when things get rough. HR Pop and Step. Can't do a little because you can't do enough. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bonsai Retro Club. We are uh, glad that you're joining us. Dave is with me. Hello. Hey, hey, Dave. Hey. Um, the ladies have stepped out for the for this for this uh, this recording session, so it's just going to be Dave and I. And we just got done talking about one of Dave's picks. I won't mention it because I don't know what order we're going to release these. <laughs> <laughs> but we are talking about. Uh, a movie, we each get to pick a movie, and we've decided to go with the 70s because we kind of neglected the 70s lately, I think. Um, we've decided to touch on a movie that we've never discussed before, and that, that might be something that that is popular enough to where people really know what it is and, and would like to hear us just kind of talk about it again. So I'm going to start by saying oh wait can you hold on a second i'm getting a delivery sure oh i know what it is the new phone books here you mean people still use those okay you didn't get my reference that's the movie i'm talking about oh we have never oh the jerk we have not discussed Steve the Martin jerk, yes. at all. Like we have, we've never really discussed Steve Martin. Uh, we talked about, I think we talked about Rick. Uh, I mean, Rick I think Moranis. we talked about, yeah, we talked about Rick Moranis and right. that uh, Steve Martin was in like a uh, little shop of horrors with them. Uh, very small part. Right. Yeah. Um, or wait, was it? Yeah, it was Steve Martin. Well, we talked about Parenthood before. Uh, yeah, we covered Parenthood, but we've never really, never really tackled Steve Martin, have we? I, I, no. Yeah, I don't think so. I almost feel like we've neglected them a little bit, him a little bit. Yeah. Because um, considering the icon that he was. So anyway, the movie that I'm picking is The Jerk. In the history of motion pictures, only a select few performers have become immortalized by the roles they have portrayed. Consider The Vamp. The Champ, The Tramp, 
And now, the most perfect casting of all, Steve Martin, The Jerk. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. Meet Navin Johnson. He's poor. You mean I'm going to stay this color? And he's eager. This is the kind of music that tells me to go out there and be somebody! But Navin... Let him go. Traveling down that lonely road, seeking fortune. Actual live weight guessing. Take a chance and win something. Finding fame. The new phone book's here! The new phone book's here! Johnson, Navin R. Sounds like a typical... And learning about love from a perfect master. Making new friends with an instinctive flair. Despite life's cruel twists of fate. That's why I'm spearheading the $10 million class action suit against Mr. Johnson as irresponsible selling of a product he didn't even test on prisoners. No matter how hot the action or how great the odds, he proved himself an inspiration to jerks everywhere. I'm gonna buy you a diamond so big. It's gonna make you puke! Steve Martin. See that? Be somebody! He may not be perfect, but he's the only jerk we've got. Steve Martin, the jerk. Yeah. The jerk. That's right! Steve Martin, can you tell the difference? I am not a bum. I'm a jerk. I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, there's so many great lines in it. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm picking out a thermos for you. Not an ordinary thermos for you. He's singing in the bathtub while she's like leaving him. You know, you got, uh, what's her name? Bernadette Peters is his love interest in this. It's there's so many great things in this movie. I love it uh, from the beginning. You know, <laughs> it's 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 rather uh, it could be considered rather offensive in some ways, especially the opening line when or not opening line, but the opening monologue when he starts telling his story. You know, that's he's he's burned out and he's like this bum that's living on the street and the camera's approaching him and he's talking to the camera. Oh, yeah. What's my story? I was born a poor black child, you know, <laughs> but he wasn't, you know, he was, he was, he was raised by a black family. And it's, it's very uh, interesting how they spun that from the beginning. Uh, you know, his dad teaching him difference between shit and Shinola. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then uh, he decides to go off on his own because he finds the the beat or the rhythm he's listening to a music thing and he's like if this is out there there's something else that's got to be out there so he just takes off on his own he leaves his family his his poor 
gigantic black family. Uh, there's like, I don't know, 15 of them living in this house. And he decides to leave. <laughs> really funny scene is that the family sits down to dinner, you know, and, and oh, by the way, his name is Naven R. Johnson. Naven, <laughs> N-A-V-E-N. So uh, Naven R. Johnson, he decides that he's going to leave. He packs his bag and he's going to hitchhike somewhere. So he leaves in the middle of the day when it's still light out and he goes out and he go he starts walking away and then they show the family sitting around at dinner and it's dark out and uh they take the chair and they just lean it towards the table that he would normally sit at kind of like you know cuz it was too depressing to have him have the chair there or whatever so they just like tip it forward and they're like oh how do you think he's doing out there and uh one of the- one of the family members leans out the window. Hey, Naven, how you doing out there? He's still standing in the same spot waiting for a ride because he's hitchhiking. <laughs> he's been standing in the same spot forever. And then uh, he ends up, you know, he gets he gets to he goes to a hotel. And he's staying at the hotel. And a dog comes to the door and starts barking at the dog. Do you remember this? I'm barking, barking at the door. Do you remember this part? I don't. Okay, so the dog is outside his hotel door, barking at the door. And <clears throat> so he opens the door, and the dog is just standing there barking at him. It's a little terrier, kind of like a Benji dog. Looks looks very similar to Benji. Okay. Um, it's just barking at him. <laughs> you know, and... Oh, sorry, PJ. No, <laughs> got his attention there anyway yeah for so the, the dog... listener's sake sky is in a room full of dogs i have three greyhounds laying yeah. around the room right now yeah. they love being in here when i do the podcast it's so bizarre and you would never know because they are quiet as you know, they are just so quiet so they're, they're stealthy um, ninjas yes. yeah oh yeah however they they're not very quick to move when they're <laughs> laying around Get them outside and they'll run around for a little bit. But when they're in the house, they really are just so mellow. Gotcha. So back to my story. Uh, the dog is barking at him. And Naven starts talking to the dog like it's Lassie. What? Are you, try- are you trying to tell me something? What's going on? Is there is there a shooting? Is What is it? it? Tell me what's going on. And the dog's barking at him. And he goes, is it a fire? And the dog kind of barks and it and they, they manipulate the bark to make it sound like, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of like that. He goes, fire. Oh, no. Um, and he starts running around. He starts he grabs the dog. He's banging on all the doors. He's like, fire, fire. And uh, he's like, you know what? I'm going to name you. I'm going to keep you and I'm going to call you lifesaver because you're saving everybody's life. Fire. And he's running around and. uh and it ends up that, you know, everybody goes outside, all the hotel guests. And 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 Naven, you know, he's talking. He's like, I'm, I'm going to name you Lifesaver. And some guests from the hotel, he's Asian. They give him an Asian accent. He goes, he goes, don't call that dog Lifesaver. Call him Shithead because they found out that there was no fire. <laughs> so from that point on, the dog's name was Shithead. Got it. For the rest of the movie. No more lifesaver. <laughs> um, eventually, the dog runs off 
and goes on his own, I think. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're walking, they, they leave the hotel, they're walking down the street and, and he has a talk with, with shithead. He's talking to him and he's like, you know, I don't know if, if, if I can support you or take care of you or something like that. And instantly the dog just takes off <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Naven is like, no, wait, come back. And the dog just keeps running, just takes off. I, I may have that slightly off, but um, eventually he gets to a place. I can't remember what town it is, but he he ends up working at a gas station. Now, a lot of people know these lines. Uh, when he starts working in the gas station, he gets this is where he gets the phone book. Yes. Okay. And he is somebody. So, yes. And he's like he opens it. He he. He he's living in the gas station like his his um oh what was that who was that actor he's a famous he's he's an old famous uh a Jewish actor what is his name oh anyway the owner of the gas station lets him live in this uh in the in the gas station right in the in the back room. It used to be a it used to be a bathroom and they converted it into a little apartment. Uh and so he's he's there and he's doing a great job. He's working and he checks oil for people and he does all this stuff. And he gets the and the, the phone book is where he's like, The new phone book's here, the new phone book's here. And he's running around all excited. He runs into his into his uh little room in the back and he throws the the white pages down on the counter, he's flipping through it, and he finds his name. It's Johnson. Naven R. I'm finally in print. Things are going to start happening to me now. <laughs> and then they cut away to uh, M. Emmett Walsh is the madman. He's been in a lot of things. You would know him if you saw him. Um, he just flips open a book and they, they show him like he's got a gun, like a big rifle. And he flips open a book and he just points his finger to a name. And it's and it's Naven Johnson, and he goes sounds like a typical asshole or something like that. <laughs> so he finds out where he works, you know, or where he lives by the phone book, and he goes and sets up across the street with a with a rifle, and he's just gonna kill Naven randomly, just some, you know, just picked him out of the phone book, and he starts shooting while Naven is out trying to gas up a car or something like that. And he's hitting all these cans of oil that are scattered around the, you know, they're stacked around uh, in the gas station and stuff. He's like, he's shooting at those cans. He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. And it's just, it's hysterical. Like that's, I'm only like 20 minutes into the movie and I could tell you the rest of the movie. Like, I can't believe how well I remember this movie. <laughs> yeah. And then I he ends up. He, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, as I was say, I don't remember hardly any of the detail that you do. Yeah, um, I, I remember the phone book <laughs> sequence where he's talking about I am somebody. I remember that. Um, I do remember later on in the movie when he comes up with the little piece for the eyeglasses. Yes. Um, so I remember the, that part of it. The optigrab. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which makes everybody go cross-eyed. So I remember that part of it, and wasn't was he also Carney at one time, or am I? Yes, he was. Okay, he was he was actually uh, he was working on the carnival, and that's when he met his other uh, 
his his other love interest, Patty. And but he so he was working at the carnival and he was the train conductor, the little miniature That's train. That's right. Conductor. Yep. Okay. And and so Patty is a psycho motorcycle uh, stunt girl. She's like a punk. That's kind of right. A, yeah. Too. Definitely the and alpha she, of the relationship. Yeah. She just she ends up just picking him and making her his kind of a, her love slave and yeah. introduces him to. Uh, <laughs> There's, they, she takes him into a trailer at the at the carnival, and uh, she says he says something along the lines of, uh, "My mom always said someday I would find my special purpose," and it's actually <laughs> she goes, "Well, today's the day," and and uh, oh, that's my special purpose. He figures out that sex <laughs> is a special purpose or his thing. Anyway. <laughs> Then he ends up meeting Bernadette Peters as and she's she's got her nephew or something there. And uh, that's when he falls in love with her. And then the love story starts and then he creates he's at the gas station and some guy comes up. and He's like, oh, my he keeps he leaned over and his glasses kept falling off. And uh, so Naven invents while he's at the gas station, just invents this little thing called the OptiGrab. Right. And it's right. It goes right between the two lenses. And it's like instead of pulling on the sides of your frames, it stretches them out. So you grab the middle thing in the middle. And then so he the guy that he fixed his glasses, the guy's like, I, you know, I I'm an inventor or whatever. I sell this kind of stuff. I can make a million bucks off this. So he he ends up getting rich off of the OptiGrab, Steve Martin or Navin. Right, right. Starts getting uh, rich off the uh, off the OptiGrab that this guy designed. Are you okay, PJ? He just like startled with some like bug or something. <laughs> anyway, so they get really rich. He's with Bernadette Peters. They and you know they live in this giant mansion. Uh, but then something goes wrong with the OptiGrab where it's making everybody that buys the OptiGrab makes them all go cross-eyed. Right. And this is where this this uh, was directed by Carl Reiner. And this is where he makes his cameo. He's one of the uh, victims of this uh, or, you know, plaintiffs of one of these uh, of the OptiGrab and they show him and he's totally cross-eyed. Uh, and so they they end up suing Naven Johnson for everything he's got. And that's when he walks away from his life and he starts grabbing things as he's walking away. And all I need, I don't need anything. All I need is this, this ashtray and that's all I need. And then he goes on, he grabs a paddleball game and this paddleball game, that's it. That's everything. That's all I need. Oh, and this chair, I need this chair. And he just starts, he's walking down the street with his pants down around his legs around his ankles with a robe on carrying a chair, a, a, a paddle ball game and a lamp, I think is one of them. Maybe some other thing. If you look at the cover of the actual, I was about to say, I think that's the, kind of that's, the, the, the picture you get from the movie. Everybody poster. says, yeah. yeah, that's what, that's where, um, what's going on, buddy. Hi. Hi PJ. This guy's very unsure. That's kind of sad. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that that picture on the cover of whatever, you know, the VHS or the DVD, that's basically how the movie ends. And he ends up 
going to ending ends up in a uh, in an alley, and that's where they they the the narrative part or the the documentary part or whatever the, it goes back to him being in the alley, and the camera is slowly pulling out, and suddenly his his black family that he grew up with pulls up in a limousine and rescues him because he had been sending money to them all this time. So they never, you know, they didn't get sued. So he ends up back with his black family and everybody's happy with, of course, Bernadette Peters as well. She was with them. So it's just, I, I absolutely love this movie. There's so many, there's so many great scenes. I can't pick a favorite scene. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the gas station part is, it, it could, that could be very well my, my favorite scene. When's the last time you think you've seen it? Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. But it, is bur- it is burned in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I, I remember, like I said, the sequences that I told you about, and I remember vague details, but I don't remember all the sequences like you do. So it's very interesting to, you know, hear you pull the, excuse me, pull this. Wow. We, excuse me. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, for some reason, I guess the uh, bourbon went down the wrong hole or something. Who knows? <laughs> oh, hiccups. That's it. Oh, good. This ought to be fun for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, let's see if I can get rid of these bad boys. No, it's okay. Just edit them out. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, so, yeah. So, the sequence, you know, I don't remember a lot of the details that you're remembering, but it's fun to hear you recollect all this you know from memory um because yeah for some reason you know i remember seeing it and maybe it didn't stick with me as much but you know i remember you know you know some of the iconic pieces of it but you know just the you know like you're talking about with the part where he's grabbing everything yeah i don't remember that at all um wow really yeah (laughs) But I know I've seen it. I obviously have seen it because I remember the phone book part. I remember the uh, the uh, the eyeglass thing that you were talking about. I remember that he was a carny, and as soon as you said that he was running the the like the kid train, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, so you know, there's pieces of this that are falling together as you're talking about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, that's what happened. Um, but I was like, there's a lot of other parts of this movie that are just really. I've forgotten, you know, completely. Yeah. Well, I, I love the story, the romance story between him and Bernadette Peters also. Um, she she was in a few movies with him right around the same time. Dead Men Were Don't, oh no, was it Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Yeah. Maybe not. Was she in that one? Because uh, she, she was one. also, she was also in Pennies from Heaven, which was really weird, kind of lame, um, a musical uh, something like that. Anyway, so the romance between them was was cute. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could I could pretty much tell you like so many more scenes. Like they're in the beginning of the romance. She they're at the beach at a bonfire, and he's playing the ukulele, and she's singing along with. They're both singing. Uh, uh, a little cute little song and suddenly she pulls out like a coronet 
horn or a <laughs> trumpet. Could be a trumpet. Uh, I think it's a trumpet. So she suddenly starts playing the trumpet, and time is up. Time is so, up. But go ahead. Let no. me finish. Let me yep. finish this whole part of the sure. story. So she's playing the trumpet, <clears throat> and they finish the song, and so he. Uh, I can't remember if he's trying to kiss her and she won't, she won't let him kiss her, but then they do kiss. And I think, no, that was afterwards. So he says after the end of the song, after she's done playing the horn, he says, I remember I, I was thinking as you were playing that horn, how I wish I could go inside the horn, go through here, past the spit thing or a little spit novel whatever that is <laughs> up through those horns and up and to kiss your lips through the horn piece i mean it was really just a weird little thing uh <laughs> and so they end up being together and then they move in together and he's taking a bath and that's when he's singing that song the thermos song which i always thought was just really funny uh She's in the other room, and for some reason, I'm not sure why, but she ends up leaving him. And she leaves a note. And, sh oh, Shithead is back. Because Shithead comes in and tells him that she left or somehow. Or he's like, he's guessing, you know, he's talking to the dog again. The dog like, says, yeah, she left or whatever. And uh, he finds a note, and the note is soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> the note is soaking wet. He's trying to read the note, and he's all <laughs> like, you know, the the ink is all all uh, running or whatever. And he, he, you know, like there's a few words that are intelligible, but then there's like he kind of goes off on a distance. And he's like, "Oh no, she left me. She left me." And so he's naked. He had just gotten out of the bath, and he goes, he starts to go running outside, and instead of grabbing any clothes or anything, he grabs a uh, shithead and holds him in front of his crotch. So he can't see his, <laughs> his, you know, it's like he's covering himself up and he's running out the front door, trying to chase her down or something. It was just a, a crazy little scene. So anyway, it's just, it's, it just really is. Uh, it's one of my favorites. So we usually mention something, a word, that you're going to link to our thing makes me think of a line in this movie. Uh, for some reason, I can't remember exactly why, but Steve Martin has, he's got this mansion and he's there and he's entertaining people and stuff. And he ends up kicking somebody in the crotch and he like hurts his leg, hurts his foot or something like that. And Bernadette Peters, she's like, well, you 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 forgot that you that it was Iron Balls McGinty that you kicked. So it's like he kicked somebody in the balls that had Iron Balls. <laughs> so it always makes me that make that cod piece. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, it all goes yeah, back to cod pieces. I really know way too much about this movie. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, concerning, it's like something you said you haven't seen a lot of. Oh, no, I saw it a lot back then, but I haven't seen it in a while. Okay. It's got to be at least, oh, man. 
I, I might have caught little bits and pieces uh, here and there on, you know, like a movie channel or uh, TBS or TNT or something. Although I don't know how they would edit some of this stuff out. But just over the years, I think I caught bits and pieces again, you know. But I remember watching this several, several times back in the day. Well, I'm, uh, I'm so glad that we both decided to go on comedies tonight. Yeah? Yeah. You know, cause I well, mean, I had a, you know, some of these, you know, there are, you know, there's a lot of great dramas, uh, you know, that were released in the seventies and iconic movies, you know, that, um, you know, are really, you know, thought provoking and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of high stakes, um, you know, so it's just, um, you know, it's, a, it's fun that, you know, both of us were in the train of thought where it's like, you know we've got to talk comedy tonight so it's great i almost i'll tell you what my second you want to hear my backup what soil and green yeah okay well, you did talk about that before though <laughs> i have mentioned it before but right. i can't remember how long ago it was and i can't remember if it was the 80s reboot or why yeah i can't remember why we brought it up i think i remember really yeah one of our our like our pilot episodes when we were talking about like our, uh, you know, we, we went through like a, you know, seventies, eighties and nineties topics. Oh, right. And I think, you know, when we were going through and we were like talking about one of our favorite movies from each one of those, you know, uh, you know, those decades. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's where I think that's where you discuss that. It had to be in bonsai era then because, we didn't really touch. We didn't go back into '73. That was '73 that Soylent Green came out, so we wouldn't have touched on that through '80s reboot. Right. Yeah. It was at yeah. the beginning of Bonsai. Be I, yep. I'm pretty sure it was like one of the first few episodes. Yeah. Had to be. Had to be very early on. Right. Which been going for nearly nearly three years. Yeah. Exactly. That's a uh, fun stuff. Yeah. Well, about two and a half years, I think. So we started in November, I think, wasn't it? Somewhere around there. Yeah, in the fall. Yeah. We started in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it had to be around October. Um, Somewhere. So let's wrap this one up. All right. That was The Jerk, Steve Martin, Bernadette Peters, uh, another, a cast of several others that were, you know, I, I really got to find out who the gas station owner was, though. Actually, I did Google that earlier. I just didn't say it out loud. Jackie uh, Mason. No. Uh, gas station. Hartunian. Mr. Hartunian, yeah. He's the gas station owner. Owner the jerk. Yeah, it's Jackie Mason. Harry Hartunian? Hartunian. Mr. Hartunian. Mr. Hartunian. Yeah. Jackie Mason. Okay. He's the only one that was really uh, known from what I can remember. And Carl Reiner, of course. Yeah. I don't so, even see anyway. Jackie Mason on the list for an IMDb. Yeah, you, have to, you have to expand it. Right. Uh, see more because he's like the next – He's like the the next one on the list right, as soon as you expand it. Got it. Jackie so. Mason. Got it. Yeah. All righty. 
So anyway, that is all for the jerk. It's uh, just, it's always been one of my favorites, and they actually reference it a couple times in um, Freaks and Geeks. Once I get, uh, I got to get together with Suzanne to finish that series or continue that series. I have five. I just want to edit some music in and some lines in. Sure. So, but we've had we have so many other things that we've got backed up right now as far as like in the can that we can that I can kind of take my time on that and get it done. Yeah, we've got about a good two months of content. Yeah. So anyway, um, that is all for for us. Uh, you can find us at bonsairetroclub.com. Please leave us reviews, uh, comments, anything you want to say. Send us an email at McFly at bonsairetroclub.com. Or you can individually email us too. Like I'm Scott at bonsairetroclub.com and Dave has one at Dave at bonsairetroclub.com or Suzanne or Rose. Yep. Everybody. So um, please talk to us. Give us ideas. We, I mean – not that we're running out of ideas, but if you guys want to pick something specific, we are always up for that kind of thing. Um, so that is all. You can follow us on Twitter uh, and Facebook. And I'm on Twitter at 80s Auto Reverse. Uh, Dave handles the Bonsai Retro Club. And you can find the girls through that as well, through all of all of our feeds and social media stuff so with all that being said uh be excellent to each other and have a good whatever bye-bye this has been a bonsai retro club production bonsai hey bonsai Banzai! 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 <laughs> I know, I know you belong to somebody new back tonight. You belong to me.
while you were playing that just now, I had the craziest fantasy that I could rise up, float, right down the end of this coronet, right through here, through these valves, right along this tube, come right up against your lips, and give you a 